Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. This show has now outlived the tenures of Josh McDaniels and Frank Reich. We're coming for you next, Aberflus. What's up? It's Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings. And could the Vikings get a coach fired this Monday? Probably not. Hey, this is a reef from the wide left Substack. Uh, the rest of the Lockdown Network has rejected my offer to be an ad read consultant. <laughs> Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman. Vikes on primetime versus the three and eight Bears. We live for nights like these. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. Happy Monday. Happy Vikings game day. Welcome to the Minnesota Football Party on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Exciting show. Jam-packed show today. Vikings Monday Night Football against the Bears in a few hours. I'm Sam. You met the Lukes. You met Arif. Vikings talk for the next hour or so as we talk about the Vikings' path to victory tonight against Chicago as they try to stay in playoff position. How's their wild card security? How do we feel about the Vikings' chances to make sure that wild card stays locked up? Still no Justin Jefferson, probably, as the uh, the wait for his return now approaches two months. We'll make our predictions for tonight, and we'll, of course, react to the things we saw in Week 12 in the NFL, which was lively, stretched out over Thanksgiving, Black Friday, and yesterday. A lot of football to discuss as well. Nerdy stats of the day, party fouls, jam-packed show, like I mentioned. And today's jam-packed show is brought to you by LinkedIn. Find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And before we get started, we thank you for watching us on YouTube on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel and listening on the Lockdown Vikings feed, where you can find wherever you get your podcasts. We've also got the 24-7 YouTube live stream going on the YouTube channel. We're available on Amazon Fire, Roku, and the Sirius XM app. Lots of ways to watch and listen. Uh, let's get right into Vikings Bears, and then we'll, we'll circle back to some stuff over the weekend later in the show. But I'll kick it to Luke Inman. The path to victory for Vikings and Bears. Give me one of your uh, steps in the journey to a victory tonight on Monday night. Well, I start with both these quarterbacks first and foremost, Sam, because two guys, if you think about it, big picture, they're both fighting to keep their starting jobs when the season's over. You look at Fields, man, you can see him heating up back like he did in the second half last year when he pretty much won everybody their fantasy championships, running all over, over 100 games every year, those last six, seven, eight games. First Detroit, 18 carries, over 100 yards. And yeah, he only passed for 169 yards, but no picks, one touchdown, 105 rating, 7.3 yards per attempt. So, I mean, that's all pretty solid too. And his three games before he got hurt, four to one touchdown to interception ratio, eight TDs, two interceptions, pretty good. So, I mean, he's the guy you got to beat because he's playing more than good enough, I think, to win some football games right now, these last four games or so. And I know the Vikings defense is allowing under five yards per carry to quarterbacks, which is, I mean, that's slightly above average, so that's good. But I think, Sam, I'm honestly most curious tonight 
about how we dial up the blitz because last week we dialed it way back versus Russell. He's been a guy who's been really good versus the blitz, and so is Fields. I mean, all things considering, 92.7 quarterback rating, four TDs, zero picks. So does Flores bluff again, show blitz like he did last week, drop everybody back in coverage more times than not? I don't know, but my guess would be yes, or at least less blitzes than we've gotten used to this year. So win the turnover battle, same story all season long, Sam. We got breaking news. That's good stuff from Luke. And as Luke was speaking, the report from Ben Gessling, source confirms the Vikings will not activate Justin Jefferson from injured reserve for tonight's game against the Bears. They'll take the extra week, get him ready through the bye. Not unexpected. Writing was on the wall for this. Never had a full practice. We'll touch on JJ a little bit later in this show because I do want your guys' opinion on how they've handled this. Um but let's go to Luke Braun, path to victory against the Bears. I'm with Luke in that it's it's got to be about not letting Justin Fields beat you on the ground. I want this game to be in the hands of Khalil Herbert. Like if you lose to Khalil Herbert, so be it. I feel like the odds of that are a lot lower, right? Than Justin Fields, you know, dicing you up in space. And the Bears have been running Justin Fields more lately um, in, in designed ways and not relying on QB scrambles to, to get him going on the ground. So they, they've they been leaning more into Justin Fields as the running threat that he is, I think, using that weapon better. And I think that's part of why it's been going a little bit better for them. Um, that, you know, they've been a little less pathetic than they were you know, when we were talking <laughs> about them uh, last time. And, you know, they were just coming off of embarrassment after embarrassment. Um, so for me, the path is going to be being responsible about handling like read options and stuff. Uh, or you have to kind of defend it the same way if it is just like a, a true QB keeper, forced keep designed QB run, but there's probably going to be a run fake in there anyway. So it's going to fit up the same. Um, where like I don't want to see them stunt inside, like stunt the edge rusher inside on that side of the field because that guy has to be, you know, containing uh, and sort of forcing give read if there is a give read and if there isn't a give read and the quarterback is keeping it then it's going to come down to the safeties or the cornerbacks coming down and getting involved caleb evans no injury designation for this one right i think that's going to be absolutely huge um because of what he like him in run support he's been really really sound in run support as that kind of that guy that that establishes a new sideline um as the like the force and closes things off i think all of that is going to be huge in this game um and then I, I i hate to say the thing that everybody already knows already stop turning the ball over you idiots hang on to it yeah come on come on come on figure it out figure it out Man. be better it, be better <laughs> yeah it if i were an alien who understood like good quarterback play if and you told me yeah, sorry i just none of this whoa, is hypothetical whoa, 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 so far whoa. you gonna edit that up <laughs> uh, just go past up. it. Just Shouldn't go past it. That. Don't answer anything. You don't have to answer it. <laughs> your lawyer has a fifth. fifth. Legally, your honor. It, if you told, well, I, I said that I. Yeah. Anyway, um, if you told me that Justin Fields was a top five quarterback and I just watched the Lions game, I would have believed you. Like I thought he was excellent in that game, Ex extending plays, off-platform throws. Not too many risky plays, super fast. Like that was a really good field performance. 
and they were plus three in the take given lost. Uh, didn't finish drives very, very well, but I mean, I'm, I'm echo- echoing the two Luke's Arif. I think Justin Fields, if we face that guy tonight, then I think the Vikings are in some trouble. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Uh, he's like last year. He had like two games like this, right? One of them was in a monsoon. Maybe that doesn't. That doesn't yeah. Work out. But um, no, I mean, he's, he's had like insane games before where he just kind of goes off. And obviously you have to like as a defense preparing them, you know, I wouldn't want to be like that. Ah, it's whatever. Like the Vikings should be on their P's and Q's and focus. But as an outside observer who doesn't have to worry about motivating myself uh, to to be concerned about Justin Fields punking me or whatever. I think the odds are that he's still not a good quarterback, right? Like the Bears have been playing really well, especially over the past two weeks. Justin Fields is a big part of it. The improved pass rush is a huge part of that. That's something that I think, you know, uh, Luke and Luke both talked about kind of containing Fields defensively. I think offensively, the Vikings need to be pretty careful about the fact that that pass rush is not going to be like what it was in October. Um, but, you know, I, I think for the most part, the Bears are a bad team. Um, they are a better team than they were four weeks ago, but it's not one that like, if the Vikings lose this, I mean, it, it, they don't deserve to be in the wild card. I mean, it just like hundred percent. Right. So like, that's like, that's mm-hmm. kind of where I am. The Vikings were supposed to be a pretty good team, um, who had like a bunch of bad bounces of the ball. And statistically that's borne out. There was a win probability graph going around about all the win probability lost on, unluck type plays things like drops dropped interceptions fumble recoveries etc and uh of course wonder of wonders green bay is at the top uh, the vikings are at the bottom they're the least lucky team uh by win probability added in terms of these uh, because not only do they happen more often to the vikings they occur in high leverage situations more often than the vikings it's, again it's a win probability adjusted graph so if it occurs on third down or in the fourth quarter or in third down on the fourth quarter it tends to matter a yeah. lot more and that's just what's happened to the vikings so um a ton of that, I think, was driven too by the Chargers game, where the Vikings lost like 80 percent of win probability on a tipped touchdown, which I think right. counts as yeah, yeah, a uh, fumble uh, football that trickles out of bounds against the Broncos, stuff like that, fumble yeah, recovery right. rate, fumble, yeah, 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 and, and and so like the Vikings are fundamentally playing very good football from down to down. Like both of you said, just stop turning the ball over, you idiots. Uh, and, you know, that that would go a long way, right? Um, but just for the most part, the Bears are just like, it's not that good of a team. They've, they've had a pretty good streak. We've seen teams go on good streaks. That happens. Yeah, we, we had the same conversation before week six. Oh, the Bears just hung 40 on the Commanders. I mean, look out. And then we saw what we saw. It was terrible. Uh, in, also- in, in fairness... Half of that game was commandeered by Tyson Bajan, which um, I don't know how much credit anymore I give to teams that have an emergency backup go in after seeing what the Vikings emergency backups can do or what Chase Daniel did against the Vikings or what Matt Moore did against them. Like at some point, I'm just like, ah, whatever, backups are good now. Um, But I still think that this is a pretty important context. I will say the Vikings did win when Justin Fields is on the field, which is 10 passing attempts, I think two sacks, something incredible like that. Um, they yeah, did blitz bad. him a lot. They did blitz him a lot. And and so they might do that again. They blitz Tyson Bajan a ton, but I think you're okay changing your game plan for like a rookie who is not seeing the NFL. Um, I, I would imagine the Vikings go back to ramping up their blitz rate, which I think it's been going down over the past three weeks. It wouldn't shock me if it went back up. 
Um, I think that that Justin Fields' blitz numbers are weird right now because of the games in which you know he's had high level performances. But I think overall, on a from a film perspective, it still makes sense to confuse his reads and continue rushing six or three. Fields in, was in the cool. last game they took DJ Moore completely out of the game that way. Mm-hmm. Like he DJ Moore did fine, but Justin Fields never threw to anyone. I mean, you you make him run around, and then Tyson Bajant, same thing, right? It, and there's such totally a big drop off from the game from DJ Moore to the next guy too. So so obviously that's the right yeah. game plan. I had to and look it they up. Want DJ Moore to be like their downfield guy, so all of the yeah. all of the like long developing things go to him. So if you blitz all the time, they never mm-hmm. get to that, and then they end up checking down to Cole Komet instead. Yeah. I, I would rather he have the ball. I looked it up. Fields' last seven games I, last year. I benched year. him on my team. I don't know. It's it's okay if he does. Well, against Demon DJ Moore. <laughs> Fields' last seven Demon. games last year, over 700 yards rushing. The only game he didn't have at least 71 yards was against the Bills. Seven carries, only 11 yards, which dropped his average way down. But 178 yards versus Miami, rushing 147 versus Detroit, buck 32 versus Detroit, uh, the second of last week. So, yeah, he, he's he been known to do this. He, he heats up in the second half. Yeah, for sure. um, Vikings blitzed him 12 of 17 dropbacks first time around, pressured him nine times, sacked him twice, forced a pick. So that could be the recipe for tonight. And what is the key? We know this. What is the key to stopping Justin Fields if you're the Vikings? DJ Wanham on the field every single (laughs) play. Let's go. We've gone through his game logs. Wearing the camouflage. Yeah. (laughs) This is a nerdy stat from way back. DJ Wanham's best game by pressures every single year of his career. Against the Bears. How? We, four for we, four. We, I have a theory we, for this. And again, the we, Bears we, offensive line up, isn't good, but. Well, okay. So I, I do want to hear Luke's theory, but I just, it very much feels like whenever DJ Wanham is playing against people in a Bears uniform, all the offensive linemen just transform into Jamarcus Webb. Like it's, it's astounding <laughs> how much they just don't see him. It's like Great John yeah. Great Well, that's Andrew. part of it is the Bears bus protections a lot. It's not just DJ Wanham. This has been a problem for like two years that they just forget who to block all the time. Um, that, rules, that rules so hard. <laughs> it's it's Keep crazy. It up, guys. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's kind of a Justin Fields stat too because Fields will break the pocket all the time, right? And turn things into run around, chase down stuff. And that's where DJ Wanham's at his best. He's a motor guy. Like he's an effort guy and he's fast. He can actually chase down Justin Fields. Uh, and then they forget to block. It's like this... He, he is perfectly suited for like this particular opportunity that the bears will present a lot of edge rushers. Like the that's DJ Wadham game. The, yeah. That's why it's always the DJ Wadham game because you've got a quarterback that will just run away from his blockers and now you don't have to worry about it at all. Or you have blockers that just like forget, or you have protections that yeah. aren't set properly or a quarterback that isn't getting to his hot read where DJ Wadham got a sack on the first play of the game last time. Yep. Um, just by closing space down quickly being a fast edge rusher is really good in this particular matchup. I, I, I think they will continue to try and read off of DJ Wadham and regret it. <laughs> Do they just adjust I, I, I the would... game plan to double Wanham and leave Daniel Hunter in advantageous singles? Ah, how much do they good trust Darnell Wright? DJ Wanham has been. 
I, I like that because uh, because I believe Justin Fields technically has the longest time to sack among all quarterbacks, just because he draws so many mm-hmm. sacks that the ones that occur later have happen to just be so numerous. Uh, and then, of course, Daniel Hunter has the longest time to sack of any high level edge rusher in the NFL. It all works out perfectly. Uh, Bears offensive line PFF rankings coming into this week, 20th. That's actually a little up four. Yeah, that's actually a little higher than I would have expected. I want to get back into Justin Jefferson's absence for a seventh straight game. But first, a word from a couple of our partners. Let me tell you about LinkedIn Jobs. It is a high-stakes wager sometimes when you are trying to find a new hire for your small business. You want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible. That's why you go to LinkedIn Jobs, and they make it easy for you. They make it efficient for you. They've got the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team. And the key is it's fast and free. Yes, it's not just another job board. You're not going to have a stack of resumes this tall. It's a vast network on LinkedIn of more than a billion professionals, so it's the best place to hire. And 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours when they use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, might not have the time and resources to get the perfect hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They've launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Luke Braun, tell us about BetterHelp. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is therapy online made easy. And therapy can be a a tough thing to get into for a lot of people because they will find one therapist, they'll have a negative experience, and they'll kind of assume that therapy is just that for everything. And it really isn't. It's very different from person to person to person. And BetterHelp can help you switch through all of those uh, potential therapists. Uh, That's the service that they provide. Uh, So if you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's also entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule and from the comfort of your own home, if that's what you prefer. Find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOn. All right. Thank you, Luke. Uh, Let's get back into Justin Jefferson. Ben Gessling reporting Justin Jefferson is out today. He was questionable coming in. This will be a seventh straight game missed, and he will likely come back after the bye week. I I think that no one's arguing that it's good to be careful with your star, and you want to do right by him because he hasn't signed his contract yet. If I've got any nitpick about this process, I think it would be that it it all seemed very preordained, very scheduled, kind of beyond the typical timeline and not necessarily reacting to his recovery. Like I look thinking back to the quotes that O'Connell had, like O'Connell got asked right away, do you see him coming back before the bye? And O'Connell kind of hemmed and hawed and, and gave an O'Connell answer, a non-answer, which made you think, well, maybe they are holding him through the bye and not really responding to kind of what he was showing on the field or giving him a chance to have a full practice. Does anyone have any, and and again, 
this isn't the end of the world to give. I want to press that a little bit. And what exactly are you saying here? Are you saying that the Vikings said we are going to keep Justin Jefferson out for seven weeks, even though even if he's a hundred percent healthy, is are you saying that Justin Jefferson like could have played in this game and they're and they're keeping him out instead? I'm, is that yeah, what you're accusing I'm, I'm saying that that's I'm like that, a break of the rules. That's uh, not if he doesn't practice and you submit your medical documentation to the league. Well, you don't think that that so we're we're, we're frauding with... this? Uh, yeah. What? Sorry, is that is that bad? <laughs> that's yeah, I... uh pretty conspiratorial to me. Uh, it is. Can that can we not just say that they played it by ear and then they said like. I, it, they were always very clear that it needed to be 100, 100, 100 percent. Like both. Okay. okay. Well, your let me, your let me track record, Luke, that. is that you are the guy that believed that TJ Hawkinson had an ear infection. Let's I was going to bring that, up Hawkinson's get ear. Get that out yeah, there. Yeah, Hawkinson's that's right. Ear infection. That's right. It was um, a bad ear infection, and it affects your balance, Sam. All right, let me jump in real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I do want to add that if you did not want to play it by ear, if you wanted to have a preset schedule, regardless of what the actual recovery timetable turns out to be, um, you can always justify it uh, by arguing that a player is not 100% because no player is ever at 100% once the season starts. So you will always have, in the same way that somebody like TJ Hawkinson may always find some method of injury, um, you will always find some way to argue that a player is not ready to play if you don't want that player to play now to what extent this conspiracy exists i don't i don't know like i i would argue that the vikings do want jefferson on the field because they are in the middle of a wild card race and i would argue they probably would have beaten the broncos if they had justin jefferson and i think that they know that so um i i think that the, the best we can argue is that the Vikings felt right. If we wanted to engage this conspiracy angle that the Vikings felt that um, getting to the buy was the best possible way to manage this injury long-term to have Jefferson long-term regardless of how he feels. And I don't, I don't know if I 100% buy that just because there are, tight timelines in the NFL. There's a lot of pressure to play quickly, even with your stars. Um, and I think that while it is probable to me that they had a timeline that they wanted to map out when the injury happened and that it seemed like they are following that map, I think that if Jefferson were close to what we would call 100%, at least in football terms, he would be playing tonight. Like, I don't think it is as rigid and structured as, as you're suggesting, Sam, although I do sympathize with it. There's a couple things for one. Here's a, there's, there's a Tom Pelissero tweet about this. Uh, as he, he's reporting about the, we're recording this like 20 minutes after it got announced that he's not playing. Uh, but it says, while he's noted, he's heard from quote fans upset over his seven game absence. This is an example of how the Vikings do things. Good process and communication. Jefferson has been all in on the plan. I think that's an important thing to note that Jefferson is like on board with this uh, and he'll come back ready to roll for the stretch run expected to be back all the way. I, 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 as I'm thinking about the timeline, 
you take him off of IR three weeks before your buy to get that sort of like sneaky extra week. But I don't th- like, I, I, I guess I, I want to hear Sam say this. If mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson were a hundred percent, his hamstring were a hundred percent, which is important. If you rush back from a hamstring, there's like, those are particularly at risk for re-aggravation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how hamstrings work. They will re-aggravate if you try to go back early. Um, so if he were not at risk of re-aggravation, we'll say that's our definition for 100%, right? No longer at risk for re-aggravation. That they would hold him out anyways. I want to hear you say that you believe that, and I also want you to tell me why. Yeah, I, be- I believe that the buy was always going to be the play. Even if he's 100%, even if he's totally fine, he goes, I don't feel anything, I'm good to go, I can play they haven't even given him, him, They haven't given him a chance to be 100%. They never he practices every practice. day. <laughs> no, he's limited. You know what limited means? You know what limited means? Limited can't... It's not I'm DMP. Saying, no, limited <laughs> means that he probably about? went through individuals. Yeah, at, it usually maybe, just means individuals and walkthroughs. But, but, yeah, is that pro- not practicing? That it's is not, not the same practice at all <laughs> in the sense that... I, it did I say him, full? No, I it said It does not <laughs> give them a chance to see whether he yeah. can compete at game speed. <laughs> the, the gulf between limited and full is actually fairly enormous. I, I think it's fair for Sam to if point out. If you've ever gone to training camp and watched the 11.30 session versus the never 3 o'clock session... No, but there, there is, there's a pretty significant. So you don't gap think they're between... trying at all? They're like, ah, JJ, yeah, you can just go catch a couple balls and go inside. We're not going to see if your hamstring's good yet. You think they're doing that? Name your source. They're... I'm sorry, that's insane. Sa- Sa- no, <laughs> I, I just they want to win games and they don't have a lot of latitude. It, that, that's that's kind of where I like. It does very much feel like the Vikings had a schedule in mind and are sticking to that schedule, but mm-hmm. I do not believe that they are sticking to that schedule regardless right like i don't think like, like yeah, there's an injury rehab timeline that's a thing yeah where you go yeah we think this will probably take seven weeks and if you take them off of ir you know three weeks before the buy you get should, an extra week and that'll probably work like that feels like a reasonable right. plan to me but, but they, they like, need you to are accusing games. them of something a lot more nefarious and want you to be it's, I want no to be it's like not nefarious. i'm not i'm i never even said nefarious. it was nefarious i just think that they that You're was my they one. Give him a saying they're lying about injuries. <laughs> no, I'm right saying now. I'm that, saying that, that's that, what I get. In order, uh, he's to... saying that he, they're not even giving themselves the latitude to lie about the injury. They're not even giving themselves an opening. True, that's to worse. Learn. <laughs> yeah. They have every they have every right to do this if they want to protect their asset. I'm asking you guys whether you have a problem with preordaining a return date, regardless of whether the player is good to go or not, like or even giving him a chance to be good to go. Like the, I I, do, I don't think the fact like, that he's been limited in practice means that they haven't given him a chance to go because I think okay. that there are uh like check-ins that you do with your athletic trainer right in terms of like how your hamstring fires how you perform uh like in underwater rehab and stuff like that that allow you to get a good sense of where the hamstring is without having to practice. Like, I don't think that is the extent to which you say, Hey, they haven't been giving him a chance. So I'll say that, right? Like say, I'm very sympathetic to your view, Sam, but the Vikings just, they want to win games and they don't have a lot of latitude. If they were 13 and one different, right. Or we were, no one's at 13 and one, but you know what I mean? They're like one loss. That'd be different. Right. But they are at the bottom of the wild card hunt right now. And 
some weird teams are creeping up behind them. Right. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about I, those I, weird teams. I, I, I still want to answer this. If Justin Jefferson is at no any risk of re-injury, holding him out is what they will do, and they're being super cautious. Maybe we can say, oh, they're being too cautious or whatever. I wouldn't agree with that, but that maybe that would be the, the texture of the conversation. Mm-hmm. But my question is, if he is not at further risk of re-injury, what would the advantage be to holding him out more? No, I, I think, Luke, that that is, that's the crux of this issue. Is like, that why would they do this that? Is a, it is, and this is why I don't think I'm insinuating it's like super nefarious because they've, they've decided that the nature of the injury, even if you seem 100%, we are going to be overly cautious. We are going to give him more time than necessary because of the nature of the injury, kind of regardless of what traditional timelines might be. That's what I think the Vikings are doing. And well, I've I don't never, ever heard anyone in the Vikings organization use the word Bayesian before. So I'm sure that that's absolutely how they would operate. Yeah, I would, I would need, I need like a little bug in the corner to remind me the definition of, of Bayesian, <laughs> it, but it, it's a big Quasi thing about yeah, huge updating your actions based on, on like, as information rolls in, you like update all your equations. It's yeah, so yeah, you have, it's you have like a sort of the philosophy of the GM, of, right? So you have a certain probability of a thing happening, given what you know, and then you update that probability that you're projecting mm-hmm. based on the information that comes in or right. updating your priors. Yeah. Based so what I'm that, suggesting yeah. is anti-Bayesian is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Okay. Quasi would be very mad or at it. Yes. Quasian perhaps is the new Quasian. verbiage. Perfect. Oh, actually, yeah, I hate that, that got a lot that more works. heated than I thought it would. I thought I would. I didn't think I was going to open this can of worms. Um, and I'm not. I'm not the people guy who's insane about JJ. I'm just pissed about it. Like I people think, are DMing him, saying you need to be on my fantasy team. People are going crazy. It's yeah, like, that's stupid. That that's stupid. Yeah. I You're just, I just a little think, too insane about JJ. Like he's he's a football player. With he's people fine. Just need to calm down a little bit. He's fine, and I'm not even. I'm not upset with the team. I just I think that they had a plan, and this was going to be the plan. And and if you look back at all the quotes week to week, O'Connell has been so non-committal about this thing. He's always he's why would you be committal about a hamstring? But you but if you look at the way he speaks about other players, he speaks with a lot more confidence when he knows they're gonna be like do they have what what over players? What injured players has he been confident about a timeline for? O'Connell has been overly optimistic about a lot of guys and he never was with Jefferson because I think he knew all along that it was going to be the bye. Chris Reed. I, he was like, he'll be back shortly. Jalen Naylor. Jalen Naylor. Yeah. Ryan I, Espo, although I, I think, he, I think he might've just, and I think, he, I don't know he, that he was overly optimistic on Kenny Wong. I, I think we were all given a reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> but uh I, I i will say like if if your if your team doctor tells you hey i think this guy might be out for basically half the season you'll be able to get back from practice after five weeks but he'll be out for basically half the season and he goes in front of the media and the media is like hey man how long is this gonna take ah, it's gonna take some time i think it's fair that's totally fair <laughs> i feel like <laughs> Every time you hear a, a, an answer that's like, we don't know. Like, is he going to play? Yeah, we don't know. And then it, it, I feel like we're way too inclined to be like, oh, he secretly knows. Like, what if he just didn't know? <laughs> he secretly, he knows and he knew the whole time. And he's been, it's like, well, or maybe it's, it's just yeah, that's not fun, a finicky though. deal. That's not like, 
maybe he just didn't. Maybe they just right. were kind of taking it day by day. And it right. could take three weeks, could take one. Hamstrings no coach like has that. yet mastered how to talk about injuries. Mike Zimmer was horrible at it. Because we're always insane I think, about it. I think KOC's been bad at it. No one has found I, consistency if, okay. or... I Sam, feel like if, KOC's if been pretty no one is good and transparent. It, is this maybe... Part. Yep. If no one is good at it, is this maybe a skill we're, we're judging incorrectly? Yes, it definitely <laughs> because is. Because we, we read so far into people's words all the time that we come out with whatever conclusion we wanted yeah, before. The That's whole the way pressures always work. The whole franchise is still haunted by the way we reacted to the tweak stuff, which admittedly Mike Zimmer handled spectacularly poorly. Yeah, but... see, this is where I'm jaded because <laughs> yeah. I covered the, literally yeah. the entirety of the Mike Zimmer era. So I had him lie to my and the media congregation's face dozens of times. There's a natural skepticism that comes with injury talk. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm callous Welcome to covering it. the NFL, Sam. I... <laughs> I'm not, but I, but, but Luke Braun wants to, you know, believe it all chapter and verse. And I'm saying, no, you can't do that. Luke trusts players. That's his biggest fault. I, I am. Like, yeah, I'll take that. I, yeah. Like I'm, I'm like, that doesn't bother me that much. There's a lot of things I hate about Luke Braun. That's probably <laughs> not one of them. <laughs> God, I got a reef going to bad for me. This has gone off the rails. Wow. <laughs> I'm playing the Ron Johnson role. Yeah. I'm going after Braun here. I think here's what I'm I'm not saying that you should believe everything that they say about injuries. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that Kevin O'Connell just lied about Chris Reed. Uh, and that's well, he's well within his rights to do that. Um, do you think I'm you saying think it's okay to say about, we don't know? Do you think he lied a, about Jalen Naylor or was just misinformed? I don't remember what he said about Jalen Naylor. I also don't very, care. It, we <laughs> were very much given the understanding he'd be back within like a couple of days every time someone asked. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah, and I don't have the receipts. I feel like this was uh, a trend last year too. Yeah. Maybe he lies to us about injuries. Uh, that it's okay. We, we also don't reason give him to say we don't know until we know. I think we always want to come up with the, with the, with the answer as early as possible. Mm-hmm. And it's a no, really yeah, you're easy right. way there to be yep. wrong. Yep, all, all I, right. wanna, I just want to be able to say, we'll see. And not have people go insane trying to like theorize about I, how it's a conspiracy. I will say we we tend to forget the moments where he says that guy will be back shortly, and then that guy is back shortly because they happen. Mm-hmm. They don't stick in our minds because they're not important, right? Like right. when Christian Derisaw misses a couple of days, or when Brian O'Neill misses a couple of days, or when Daniil Hunter misses a couple of days. Oh yeah, I'll be back shortly, and we're like, all right, cool. You say that about everybody. And then Christian Derrissaw comes back and we're like, well, he's back. Just like O'Connell said, so no one's surprised. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we don't really like, he's not earning credit for those. Sure. We're just like, Hey, remember what you said about Chris Reed, a guy we super care about. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, it's, it's a tough racket, man. Oh man. Oh. Um, I've got like four things I want to talk about and we've got 15 minutes. Um, let's get a word from prize picks Classic and then we'll, we'll, we'll fly, we'll fly through it. Um, uh, rapid fire after a word from prize picks. Prize picks is just a great way to play daily fantasy. That's the long and the short of it. I love prize picks. It's not that you're not up against a thousand other sharks. Um, you're going up against the numbers, pick two to six stat projections, Watch the winnings roll in with prize picks. I love that you can do cross sport. You can bet on the Wolves and the Vikings 
and uh, and that's all part of the same bet. So Anthony Edwards three pointers or Jordan Addison uh, receiving yardage. Boom, there's a bet right there. Um, that's a lot of fun, and it's also cool that they have the reboot policy. So if your entry gets hurt in the first half, doesn't return in the second half, that player is rebooted, and they're the only DFS platform with an injury insurance policy. Uh, go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code Locked on NFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Let me tell you so you want one more time so you can win at Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, we're on the clock here. I want to get through a few different things. Um, what team, if any, are you concerned about catching the Vikings in the wild card? Arif Hassan, go. Uh, I mean, I guess the Packers, Jordan Love is playing a lot better, which is very annoying. Mind you, he did it on like a short week with, uh, with the Lions and then also uh, against probably the worst passing defense in the NFL and the Chargers. So, I mean, it's fair, but it feels like the Packers defense has gotten a little bit better since the season started. Packers offense is getting a little bit more in sync and also it would hurt more if the Packers were the ones to catch the Vikings. So I'm going to say them because they're in the hunt and spicy right now. They've got chiefs next week. Tough. Um, and they've got the Vikings too on the schedule, but other than that giants, bucks, Panthers, bears, there are other four. So you could see a path for, for sure to nine wins for them uh, yeah. pretty easily. Luke Braun. Yeah, probably the Packers and because they also feel like they're figuring out some of their issues. It feels like Jordan Love is coming along this year. Um, it feels like he's better than he was, you know, week three. Um, so probably them. But also, if the Vikings win tonight, they'll be ahead of the Seahawks. So then it's the mm -hmm. Seahawks that have to start having this conversation. Um, I feel like, I don't know, it's kind of a cliche, but the Vikings are going to be their own worst enemy here. I think they would have to collapse for any of these teams to, to catch them. Because even if you take the... Packers schedule they go what four and two there generous would say they go like five sure. and one there the Vikings still have to kind of go 500 on the on the way out which would cause them to they, they'd have to lose to like Jake Browning or something that, for that to happen mm -hmm. and then uh, yeah it's the Packers more than the Rams or anybody else like you said when you look at the schedule right now outside the Chiefs for those next five under 500 and like Luke said I mean the Packers especially on offense they just look more comfortable right now so Vikes they control their own destiny and I think between the the Chiefs game, when you think about the Packers, and then if they can beat them head-to-head, -head, what is it, week 17, with the conference and division right. records kind of as they stand right now with a two-game lead, I mean, you should be okay. So they kind of control their own destiny. But you're right to know Green Bay right now because the room for error, Sam, is just so razor-thin. Yeah, and it's not – the Rams' schedule's tough. I don't think it's the Rams. The Bucks have played themselves out of it. If you win tonight, the percentages have to be close to 90 that you make mm -hmm. the playoffs. Um specific actually no let's do nerdy stats of the day because i have a nerdy stat i'd like to share let's do nerdy stats analytics fans rejoice it's time to get educated whoa you're blowing my mind right now with the nerdy stat of the day coming off the broncos game i wanted to dig into kevin o'connell's decision making as a head coach because some of the, the fourth down decisions, kicking field goals versus going for it. So I wanted to see how he compared against other coaches in the league. So using the criteria, fourth and short 
in opponent's territory, how aggressive is he? Anyone care to guess where he ranks in terms of go for it rate amongst head coaches uh, since he got to Minnesota? 28th. Yeah, I'll say below average. So I'll say I'll say 18th. I'll say a little bit higher. 18th. Ron? I might have seen this, so I think it's 29th. All right. Oh, it's at whoa. 24th is actually the Oh, 24th. Answer. Okay. 24th wow. is the answer. Mm. Um Does that mean I win? So 18th and uh yeah, I think yep. you win. You're a winner. Nice. Hey. Well done. Uh yeah, 47% go rate. Uh, does anyone want to guess also what Mike Zimmer's go rate was in his tenure in the same criteria? Yeah, he actually he ended up never that bad. Of yeah. I'll say 18th again. I'll say 18th again. Uh I'll go 16th. I don't know. 19. I don't actually have the, the rank. I have the percentage though. Kev O'Connell was oh, okay. 47%. Zimmer was uh, 54%. 52. No, he was 37. Whoa, yeah. really? Okay. A winner. The, the wow. league has changed, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd love to see that ranking, though. Yeah. 37% would rank last if you were just looking at the last two years of the league. So, yeah. Zimmer, yeah. He actually was pretty conservative there. That's my nerdy stat of the day. Who else? I've got one about uh, Justin Fields. Go. Sure. Uh, Justin Fields on designed rushing attempts and not scrambles uh, and removing sneaks and stuff as well. There have been 26 of those uh, this season. Uh, Or I'm sorry, 33 of those. And on 26 of them, he's gone to the outside. Uh, They do not do inside rush with their quarterback. If you want to stop Justin Fields from rushing, all you got to do is contain. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I got a Fields one too. Yeah, I know. Again, like you said, when you when you hear Justin Fields' name, you immediately think running quarterback first. That's very accurate. We've talked about that the entire show today. They just don't pass a lot, 24th and pass attempts. But when they do, Justin Fields actually has the number one passing touchdown rate in the league, 6.5% of his throws going for a touchdown. So something I just thought was kind of interesting. And again, I keep thinking about these two high draft picks that the Bears are going to have, potentially the number one pick in the league. And I think... That's definitely going to be the A topic through the entire months of March and April. What do they do with those picks? Do they start fresh, pick a new QB, or do they commit to Justin Fields, who's, again, he's shown some flashes of great things, especially given the lack of talent on that Bears roster, which is just atrocious. All right. Uh, my nerdy stat comes from uh, a, a, like a Giants blogger, Doug Analytics. Love the name. Um, it was it's like from two weeks ago, so it's a little bit out of date, but uh, I think it demonstrates the point pretty well, which is that Joshua Dobbs's pressure rate has not changed substantially from his time with the Vikings versus his time with the Cardinals. In fact, with the Vikings, it's only slightly lower. What's different is how long it takes before pressure arrives. He currently leads the league in time to pressure, which is over three and a half seconds, which is on a on a drop back that. Uh, that pressure arrives. It arrives at about 3.5 seconds into the into the thing, um, which is the longest in the league by a substantial margin. Uh, the next two longest are Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, which is not bad company to be in, generally speaking, from like an offensive line perspective. What this means is that quarterbacks tend to be comfortable with a certain amount of pressure and invite that until that pressure arrives and then make plays because the longer you hold on to the ball, the greater your probability of making a big play. And so uh, 
Dobbs tends to be comfortable with an average pressure rate, which you would expect of most quarterbacks, given that's what average means. Uh, and uh, his ability to figure out what that's going to be from offensive line to offensive line is part of why we were able to see some of the big, amazing plays we've seen uh, over the course of the last couple of weeks. Uh, give me your biggest takeaway now from the weekend in football, including Thanksgiving, Black Friday, yesterday. Braun, what'd you see? Um, boy, the Bills. <laughs> Game boy, of the year. That was what, what Bills knew. That was wild. Yeah. I have 500 Bills maybe won't make the playoffs. Um, I feel like they should make bigger changes than they're going to make. Hmm. Uh, yeah, can anybody watch Jags Texan? First of all, another good game, not on that same level with with Bills Eagles, but the whole time I'm sitting there watching these two young studs at quarterback. You got Lauren, your Jags dealing, yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, so the AFC South is Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, potentially Will Levis. He's at least flashed a little bit here and there, but that's at least three, if not four, young quarterbacks in that division for the next five to 10 years that we're going to get to watch. And I think it's just going to be awfully fun to sit there and watch that division evolve over the next two, three, four, five years. That's going to be a lot of fun. Super nice to not be in a conference with that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. CJ Stroud is so good, man. <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah. Chargers have the same record as the giants. That's wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that is a catastrophically poorly managed team, but I'll say, I think the biggest takeaway from the weekend is just how bad the officiating was this weekend. Like I, don't love complaining about officiating. And I think we tend to overblow how bad it is from week to week, but this week was genuinely awful just in terms of spots, clearly missed penalties, um, stuff like, you know, horse collars outside of the pocket face masks that were missed. Um, just, just awful, awful stuff all around late hits, uh, to quarterbacks who are protected out of bounds, just like stuff that really like basic stuff should be called. Like, you guys took all mine. I thought that Deron Bland's pick six return was like the coolest play. That was awesome. Of, that was of awesome. Week. Dan yeah. Quinn's reaction, like just yeah. a total fan, was awesome. Eagles, Bills, game of the year. Um, And 49ers, kind of a juggernaut, I thought. I mean, I think they're back to being – they took a little break, and now they're back to being like unstoppably good. Vikings so, broke real quick. The Browns very broke. unfortunate for my Brock Purdy takes. We'll see where they go. Ooh, and, and, and the Patience. game between the Patriots and Giants going in, the loser was going to have great odds to get the number one overall pick. Still got to be go through Carolina, who's yeah, I, I think, think one yeah. game lower than Patriots. But right now, Patriots, I mean, chalked up to pick number you two see, right now. So Panthers you have the interim coach phenomenon though coming this week where they'll win. Oh yeah, that's going to be rough. Yeah, for sure. Um. Did you see the the Colin Coward take that the when the Bears beat the Panthers where he was upset because the Bears blew their chance at number one overall pick? <laughs> yes. And like it, it was very clear that halfway through someone oh. like whispered in his ear, Hey, they have the Panthers pick and the Panthers have the number one overall pick. <laughs> and so he had to like be like, And you can't trust the Panthers to keep losing. They're in the NFC South. <laughs> and it's like, All right, man. Yeah, sure. Oh <laughs> man. That rule. That's, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> Experienced and, television personality, Colin. <laughs> he <laughs> showed his range punches. on that one for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, almost believable. top of the industry right there. Yeah. <laughs> in closing, um, a specific Vikings Bears prediction and then cap it off with a final score prediction as well. What do you expect tonight, Luke Inman? 
Uh, Justin Fields hasn't had a game where he hasn't been sacked at least twice. So Daniil Hunter, he gets the first. He stays near the top of the leaderboard. I think TJ Watt had two, if not three yesterday. So I'll have to check what the leaderboard sits at. And then DJ Wanham, uh, he's got six this year. He's got three in his last four. He stays hot and he gets his seventh tonight. Final score, Vikes haven't allowed 22 points or more in five of their last six. So I'll say Vikes 24, Bears 21. Ron. Uh, I've got Justin Fields. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I've I've got uh, I've got Justin Fields on my fantasy team. I am down 50 points heading into this matchup. Uh, I am also in a different fantasy league playing against the Minnesota defense. So here's what's going to happen. Justin Fields is going to rush for 380 yards past the three <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, and uh, Minnesota is going to win 54 to 48. I would love to watch that game. That's what's <laughs> going to happen, or that's what you want to happen. That's what's going to happen. 100% it's yeah, going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. It's going to happen now, yeah. Uh, because of a lot of the stuff that I talked about with quarterback rushing and um, some of the stuff you guys talked about with the Vikings against quarterback rushing, uh, I think that the Bears are going to give the ball to Khalil Herbert maybe more than they intend to just because of the way the options play out. So I'm going to say that Khalil Herbert gets exactly 100 rushing yards. Exactly. Hmm. Nice even hundred. Najee Thompson, Luke Bronze guy, is going to create a special teams turnover. Jalen Naylor is going to have two down, big man. third down catches. He has. Anthony Barr is going to get a sack. <laughs> Greg Joseph is going to miss an extra point at the end to uh, to keep it an eight point game and allow the Bears a chance, but the Vikings will win twenty six to eighteen. Saying if you're on the roster for like one reason, you should like do your job on the five plays that you have. I I don't know, man. Also, Dan Dan, Jammer, Dan Chisena was on the practice squad and then just got released. That's how I learned that. Definitely worse. His his release was definitely how I learned as well. (laughs) Dan Chisena thinks it's the Spider Man meme, but actually, he's like off brand Spider Man pointing at Najee Thompson. Who took his spot on the practice squad? Someone whose name escapes me. Anthony Barr. I don't know. know. It actually (laughs) might have been Anthony Barr. (laughs) Um, Tonight, the postcaster general, Luke Inman, will host the postcast after Vikings Bears. Ron Johnson will join. (laughs) I'm Sam Ekstrom. Thanks for watching the Minnesota Football Party back on Thursday to react to the Bears. And uh, we'll also update our preseason predictions. At the, or uh, We'll check in on them on oh, Thursday. Oh boy. That's our show. Talk to you then. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.